I tell filmmakers, if you're going to make a movie um, and you need funding and financing, attach a notable name, go to the foreign territories, and mm -hmm. start licensing your film. Even if you get 40 territories, they give you 5,000 each. Yeah. That's 200 grand, and yeah. you can make the movie. Welcome to Industry Insights, where we bring insight and knowledge to the next generation of filmmakers. We're here in Vista, California, the film-friendly city. Actually, we've got some new news here. Um, just received a text from uh, Colleen Bell, the com film commissioner in Los Angeles, and they just approved $950 million for a statewide tax incentive for filmmakers. So I think there's going to be a broader, you know, aspect of it and not just the big giant producer to get all the money and do it but i think that this time they're gonna spread it a little bit uh and more uh better for the independents right. that can apply so they can get their film also partially financed by this tax incentive so it's all good news and the reason they did that because the runaway films i mean everybody's filming outside of uh, california because it's for obvious reasons, you know, right. costs and everything. But everybody is shooting the summer so hot, shooting outside you know, uh, of California, you know, like right now, Dominican Republic, about, I mean, Disney, Nickelodeon, uh, uh, in in Netflix is shooting one after the other, one after the other. So because of that, the incentive has uh, not been a, a good thing for Californians, but... Mm. Hopefully, hopefully, we're going to see something coming back. Yeah, things are moving in a good direction. Yes. And uh, there's some good people here producing films, as a matter of fact. Today, our guest is Chris Soriano, who is an independent filmmaker from San Diego. And at the age of 33, has already completed or working on his fourth film. And the uh, incredible part about this story is that um, not only is he making films, but he's also uh, funding them and distributing them. And so we're interested to hear more about how he's done that. Um, he's been on CNN and ABC and different television networks. He's the co-founder of a company called Matthew 2415, pretty unique uh, name for a production company. The common theme of his films is uh, find a way where there is no way. And that's certainly been the epitaph of his life. And we're going to learn a little bit about that too. So Chris, wonderful to have you here. Thanks for coming up. Oh, thank you so much for having me on your beautiful show. I appreciate it. He's been featured in, on television with CNN and NBC and ABC for a film called Zeus. And um, it's, uh, he wanted to produce the film. Well, I guess we'll let you tell us, why did you want to produce that film? This was your first one, right? Yes, this is the first one in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, I, I just made a film because uh, I saw this rise in, in hate crimes happening. You know, people... Uh, the Asian elderly community was getting bullied. And then I felt like, uh, what if I can make a film to showcase and raise awareness of these issues? And I said, what if those hate crimes happen to a boxer instead of an elderly person? And that was my inception writing, you know, Zeus. And then from there, uh, I found a lot of people in my apartment that was like unemployed, didn't have jobs because of the pandemic. And I said, you know, instead of us just here waiting in our apartments, let's make a movie. 
And then um, that was my first attempt in making a, a full feature. And through the grace of God, it all came together. You know, um, no experience, but I hired people that had experience, prayed a lot. And, you know, um, there were times where I would not even know me and my fiance. Now she's my wife. You know, we were like, what do we do? But we, we you know, we, we got through it and we made a movie. And that neat? I love that. Uh, you know, trusting in the man upstairs, he's going to open doors for you. And that's certainly just an incredible way to get started, right? Nice. And to have that partnership. And, um, you know, that's, you know, people say, how do you beat the odds? How do you make a successful film? How do you make money with films, you know? Yeah, well, that's the main challenge this day. But we have something that we didn't used to have before the pandemic. Is the pandemic changed a lot of the way we perceive film and television. And so because of the demand, uh, well, uh, VOD and all of that, now new platform is in place. And so the indies have a big open opportunity to bring their products in. And more likely, and you can see that in Netflix and Amazon, you, you see the new generation of filmmakers coming in now. And now... You chose a, it's a little bit in the, in the risk side for your film, first film, but at the same time, it's very current and very real. And I think that's what makes it, you know, so important what you just did. And it was worth it. Take that risk. How has been the perception of some of the people that know about the project, about that? What have you learned from that? Oh, I learned so much of how difficult it is to actually get a film out there, right? And that mm -hmm. you're right, that risk is, uh, you know, never making an action film, dealing with choreography, mm -hmm. dealing with accidents that could happen. And, you know, um, but um, it's relevance, like you had mentioned, like it yeah. being, you know, current. That's what allowed people to say, OK, it's a cause film, right? Yeah. But also an action film. And so all those little uh, tidbits came together to, to get us through uh, to complete the movie. Now, when, when sometimes when we talk about social justice, it's it, it been seen sometimes as a bad word. Oh, here come this extremist and stuff like that. How would you keep, you know, that balance so it doesn't, is not perceived as a, you know, a movement to change the world? An and, anger movement, and, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Beautiful question. Um, for me, it's more keeping it politically balanced, right? Mm -hmm. Not sharing my point of view on where I stand on mm -hmm. the political aisle, but more so um, a hate crime is what this movie was started with. An old man is walking down and he gets bullied. And from there, uh, how do we respond to that? Do we, mm -hmm. do we um, you know, tell, do we fight back? Do, and, and in this case, our character just defended the old man and said, mm -hmm. hey, hey, you know, pick on somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, that was the, um, what I saw a lack of in uh, the media when these old people were getting bullied. Mm -hmm. You know, wh mm -hmm. what do we do? How do we defend these people? Mm -hmm. What are the resources? Who do we contact? Because yeah. it's almost often fast. And um, so um, in my world of the boxing world, you know, he defends the old person. And from there, you know, it disarms the person. And that's that. Yeah. But um, it is a, a double edged sword, I guess, dealing mm -hmm. with these um, issues. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, I had a question right off the bat. The name of your company. Tell me more about that. How yes. Oh, it's, thank you for that. It's uh, Matthew twenty five fourteen. It's um, the parable in the Bible of the talents. And mm -hmm. uh, 
my wife and I, you know, whenever we would hear that, uh, whenever we would read it in the Bible or hear about it in church or just people would mention it, we were like, wow, that's crazy about, you know, a servant leaving and giving talents to each one of his, uh, uh, excuse me, a, a master leaving and giving a talent to each one of his servants. And I was like, whoa, when I heard that in the Bible, I was like, is, is a talent like literal talent? Like, you know, and um, in, in the uh, parable, uh, there's one man who buried his talents in the ground, which is a talent is a metaphor for money or something. But at the time when I heard it, I thought it was like literal talents, like making movies or something or speaking. Oh, so I was like, I never want to be that guy who buried it in the ground. I want to be the person who multiplied it 10 times. Okay. And so that was like our mission making, you know, uh, this company. I said, if we're going to make something, let's be the servant who was the well and good servant who multiplied it. There you so, go. you know, we can encourage the world to to multiply in, in their talents, you know. Interesting. I love it. And I think that's I was because I was talking to Elias. I said, I wonder why he picked that verse. Was that to inspire investors? Oh, yeah. <laughs> why not? You yeah. Know? <laughs> and, and, and in one sense, it really is. You know, look at you're going to benefit. Right. So um, and, and the lack of fear that you have is very evident, too. You right. know, when everything is locked down and you're doing movies. I mean, that's how things happen. And I really appreciate that. Thank and that you. brings another point then uh, in the discussion is since you have a biblical reference as a principle for your company, then how that affect everything that you do from then on, from your stories to are they so-called faith-based or they're friendly or they are just good stories? Wow. Um, beautiful question. And for me, it's more of a guidance. Uh, you know, we know at, at the heart, we want to tell a story that's very real. And um, it was more of a mission statement. And that's why we named it. I see too, so many companies that I'm like, oh, what does that mean? Or it's like, mm-hmm. you know, something so ambiguous. And I just wanted the world to know where we stand. Mm-hmm. And um, we wanted to say that, you know, right from the get go that we mm-hmm. believe in abundance and multiplying and, um, you know, uh, me being a proud Christian, me and my wife. So and that was the statement. But you're right. There is a, hmm, do we make biblical films from this point forward? Do we make action films? I think at, at the heart of the story, if it has a good positive message, that's where we're leaning toward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want people to walk away with from your film? You know, yeah. You've got a purpose. That's awesome. Thank you. So Thank I you. understand, you know, you wrote this first film, you directed it, you acted in it. Um, that's quite a, quite a task. So what part of it did you enjoy the most? Oh, I'm, um, at first it was an attempt to try to do all of those to save money, right? As an independent filmmaker, you know, writing, directing, even getting crafty to feed people. We have multiple hats, you know, we're not a big studio, but the part that I enjoyed the most was being able to direct it because you are um, assembling all these elements together. And um, I, I just think that's such a beautiful thing. And um, I'm the type of director where I entrust like the DP, the actors, you know, I, I, I pointed them there for a reason and I trust what they do. I won't micromanage them and, you know, I'll adjust things, but generally it's, it's not that hard to direct if you've got great people working together to, to carry out a vision. So, and, um, so far, how many movies you work on and in specific, like when we look at Zeus, what is behind the name Zeus, but as a title, Yes, you know, because that bring immediately in this world, as soon as you mention that name, it bell rings. It's a, uh, what is, uh, epic movie or it's about the old god Zeus or it's uh, really going after this persona mystical you know what is it 
for Zeus, I, I just wanted to come up with a with a, a powerful name because I, I, I was very inspired by Rocky and um, I, I saw how Sylvester Stallone didn't have much and he wrote his screenplay in a few days in his apartment in L.A. And, you know, that really inspired me to write, you know, my story. And but the name Rocky, I just I was going honestly on Google. And I said, what is an epic name that when people see it, they're going to be like, oh, what's this about? And so I just chose it out of random. I wish I had a better, you know, uh, reason for choosing Zeus. But that was the only reason why I chose that title. But from there, I knew that, okay, if he has an epic name, maybe he'll have an epic cause. And if he's fighting for someone that's being bullied or something, Mm -hmm. maybe that means more. And, you know, so maybe a mix of marketing mixed with, you know, (laughs) doing something. Which is very smart to do, because this is one thing that people go first by the title and then the curiosity that generates in the title. What is this film about? And I think you hit it right, because the curiosity comes up right away um, (laughs) when you look into it. Um, But, you know, at the end, uh, it's how that turns around. And we just, in the way that people would not feel like, oh, he gave me a title, so I go to see it. And now I feel like he lied to me or something. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. So how using that concept of such a powerful, you know, well-known figure then you turn into the story and weave it in that right. people will say, you know, after all, that was a great movie. We right. recommend Zeals. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And maybe on the heels of that question, it's an effective message that you have to bring, right? That's right. And so, uh, mm-hmm. so people feel what you feel. Yes. Um, for me, um, using the title and, and incorporating your effective message, um, it's just, it's all in the screenwriting. And it, for me, it was a balance. Um, how do I incorporate um, action mixed with a powerful message because I didn't want it to be of like a preachy type of film, yeah. right? I wanted people to to really um, uh, see someone, um, see some action, see some justice, see a love story, and then get all that. You know, uh, till this day, when I research what was Rocky, they always say it was a love story. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? That thing is nothing but action. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a sense, I wanted to give that balance with this story mm-hmm. too. Well, we're moving to joke. <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Well, and then, yeah, out of all the records in the Bible, you chose to do a modern version of the book of Job. Yes, yes. Why? Why? I've always heard that uh, story in the uh, in the Bible. I've read it, and then uh, I remember always being like a bit confused and scared, you know, feeling a bit like, you know, if there are characters in the Bible who I wouldn't want to be, I wonder how I'd be if I was Job, you know? Would I really prevail, you know, to, to be, um, you know, have his family taken away to be tested by the devil in a way that's a scary thing and you talk you see those scary movies nothing scarier than the devil and if that thing's gonna test your loyalty Mm -hmm. you know i pray i would withstand and i pray that i you know i could easily say yeah i'll I'll, I'll survive but and when you take everything you love and you have nothing left and you see him pleading with God in a way, speaking to him, but still trusting him. I think that's what happened in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, never blames or curses God. Right. That's such a beautiful thing. And right. I said, I want to make a movie about that. Yeah. And, I, and now that you say that, it's exactly the message I get from it as well. Seems like you've lived a little bit of that. Uh, tell us mm-hmm. about when you were younger, 13, what, you know, what took place where you had to go to God and things were collapsing yeah. all around you, right? Yeah, that gave me chills. I, I probably would cry if I didn't keep it together because you connected those dots so beautifully. Um, yeah, at 13, I was, I was hazed into a gang. And in a way, that's in a way of suffering. And, um, you know, I remember 
um, you know, you got pictures of gangsters and all this, like tattoos, but let's take it to an innocent kid, me at 13. I'm 33 now, but at 13, I was just going to the liquor store. Um, my mother was a nurse. She was always working two jobs. And my father was deployed in the Navy, so I was always alone. And I was, I, I didn't have any like brothers and sisters growing up. So, you know, I was always trying to find friends. That time of me going to the, the grocery store, I had uh, my best friend's brothers, you know, Mexican, you know, crew pulled up in their nice cars and uh, they immediately saw me and I, I had my PE shirt out at the time and it said Soriano. So they might've thought I was probably, you know, one of them, you know, so like, oh, Soriano, come on over. And I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm being accepted. You know, these guys are in their thirties or they're choosing me to hang out in these cars. Like, this is exciting. They said, you know, there were three cars and they said, you know, come on over, let's, let's kick it. I said, oh man, I got friends. So I remember jumping in the car and I was like, you know, there was not even any room in the car. I sat on somebody's lap and, you know, and I'm like, where are we going? And they're like, we're going to kick it, man. It's going to be good. So we go to the park and then immediately, I, I, you know, when we get out of the cars, they, they start sliding on their, their, their baseball gloves. And I'm like, what's going on here? They start forming a circle around me. And I'm like, all right. And immediately they say, if you want to kick it, uh, kick it with a Soriano, you got to fight this guy. And I'm like, oh man, I, I remember immediately praying. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Like something in, in my sense told me pray or talk to God or, or, and, and, and then from there, the prayer became begging like, God, please get me out of this. God, please mm-hmm. get me out. And I, I responded though. I had like out of body, but still in the moment I said, oh no, no, I don't want to fight this guy. And, and, and they're like, no, if you don't fight this guy, we're going to jump you. And then I was like, oh shoot, um, I, I guess I have to fight this guy. And I remember, you know, just like closing up my fist, seeing this tall Mexican gentleman and I'm just there uh, and then like looking at him and immediately someone kicked me in the feet and they all just started, you know, just punching me. And it felt like a thunderstorm. You know, I, 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 I till this day, it did not hurt. I didn't feel it. It was like, I guess the adrenaline in my body. Um, and I was surprised, but when they were beating me up, I was acting like it was hurting because, you know, I was like, I want them to stop, you know, mm-hmm. like I was exaggerating everything, but it, they were really kicking me and everything. And so at the end of it, they stopped and they said, you know, welcome to the family. Mm-hmm. And, and from there, I was like, man, this is not my family, you know? Mm. And I remember seeing a shooting star go over and I was like, okay, make a wish or something. I was like, God, <laughs> please get me out of this. I will do anything. Just get me out of this, please. And I, you know, I was bloody bruised. Now I'm saying it very calm now, but I still get a little shaky, but they left me on my doorstep and I was bloodied. And that's when my mother saw me when she came home late, like a, a midnight, she worked a night shift three to midnight. And then she said, you know, tell me what happened. And um, you know, they told me, if you tell anybody this, we'll kill you and your family. And um, so I didn't tell my mother what happened. And she's like, you don't have to tell me what happened, but I'm going to homeschool you. I'm not going to let you go out there until you tell me what happened. And I never told her and I was homeschooled. So mm. sorry, a long story. <laughs> to this, oh, that's but, great. Wow. Yeah, it's good. People understand some of your background. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the principle in filmmaking. See, film, for you to make a film, you got to deal with deep spiritual Uh, matters. Uh, Even people don't want to admit that. But there is a connection, uh, a very strong connection between the outcome of the film, the hero, the villains, and why people do things. And if we can touch into those sensors, you know, just touch those buttons, that's what makes film really great for people. And I think at the end of the day, that's a story. And hopefully that story can change people's life and the problem that we're having now is it just movies are so shallow you know just to fill in 
space. It's like economics, right? Right. And so there are people saying, can we go back to do a more classical, mm. you know, yeah, the story, flow. Deeper, yeah. deeper stories? And I think what you are doing is going on those lines, and we encourage you to continue Thank to do those stories. Thank yes. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to pull from a place that hurts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes that's where it comes from. Sometimes it comes from, you know, just a great appreciation for uh, things of God and the grace of God. And, yes. you know, that you want to continue to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, certainly. But I think, Jim, uh, I think that uh, part of the, uh, you know, when you do uh, a good work, somebody's going to recognize. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going next to for distribution, for example, yeah. or how you attract investors, you know, how... Only you who write your your own script, you understand how important that script would be or that story. And you see, you are the visionaries. Now, how to attract or how have you attract your financial, you know, to put it together and hopefully to get a good product that would be distributed. Right. Yeah. And I know it's a lot. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's discuss, beautiful. But. Right, right. All these points. And um, what I do is I share my vision, you know, with mm-hmm. investors. I share with them the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I'm just as transparent as possible to see mm-hmm. if uh, our visions align. And, you know, there will be many no's before I get a yes. And yeah. um, But at the end of the day, um, when you find the right uh, people, it, it, it's a collection of people, you know. Yeah. And um, I, I, I never just fundraise for one film from one person it, it usually is uh, a collect it's, it's a family it's people you know mm-hmm. so yeah. that's awesome from my understanding you have uh, some famous boxer involved in the first one. Oh yes <laughs> yeah, yeah his name is manny pacquiao yeah right. very you know famous him? yeah did you know him personally before this uh project or did you meet him along the way Oh, I, I did not know him beforehand. I, I was always, a, a, I appreciated his work, especially him being mm-hmm. a strong Christian, you know, and fighting. I always thought that was cool. Every time he won, he was smiling or, you know, he's praying in the ring. That, that's mm-hmm. what we need to do more of, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, when I finished this boxing film, I had no connections. Me and Hillary were just talking about um, who are we going to share this with? We, we, we have no I, nobody's going to know my name in Hollywood, you know, but then I saw Manny Pacquiao and I said, they're going to know his name. And I said, maybe if we can have him as our executive producer, that may give us exposure. So I just reached out on Instagram. I direct messaged him. And, but I said something in the subject line, like Manny Pacquiao to raise awareness of hate crimes through this boxing film, you know, one sentence to just grab the attention. And then my explanation in three or four sentences and I, I shared with him uh, at the time, I just, yeah, I shared just some photos. I didn't have the clip ready yet or funnily. Mm-hmm. And then from there they responded, you know, and I was like, wow, this is insane. They want more information. And mm-hmm. then from there I spoke to his, his team and his advisors and they wanted to see clips and I showed it. Mm-hmm. And in the end they were like, yeah, we're proud to get behind you because we believe in the same thing. And so I always tell filmmakers, if, you know, you want to work with someone, just shoot them a DM. You never know what will happen. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Never limit yourself. You know, I just go and put the message out there, contact people. You never know. You right. never know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's from there, I didn't proof. know we, we were getting no exposure. But when Manny, you know, supported us, we were like on CNN, ABC, LA News, like just, it, it, and it was all organic. So I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So you developed negotiating skills somewhere along the way in your life. (laughs) Right. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it's from my journalism career because I used to be a journalist when I graduated college and um, I learned how to write press releases. I learned how to because that's what we'd have to do as journalists. So that's probably where it came from. Mm -hmm. 
Chris, um, it's very interesting to hear all these details of your project and the success, but there's a big question here that our audience really want to ask you. I'm sure of that is about finances. Mm-hmm. So you have a name like Manny, Manny Pacquiao, I mean, attached, and everybody that hears that name in the fighting world will know. How? How did you get to this big guy like that, such a star international fighter that is so well known? What made it possible and how the finances about all of this come together? Yes. Um, when it comes to uh, yeah, Manny and working with Manny, that really helped us with credibility um, because, you know, our first film being executive produced by Manny Pacquiao mm-hmm. um, shares with uh, any investor or any um, future sponsor or anyone who wants to donate or collaborate with us that, okay, we're working with top tier talent, you know, the boxing world champion Manny. And so um, how I got to Manny is I just DM'd him like like I had mentioned, but also with these other sponsors, when I show them, you know, this is what we've done in the past, this is who we've worked with, um, they want to be a part of our films. They say, how can we work with you? Seafood City, for example, uh, one of the largest uh, Asian supermarkets in uh, in America, they, uh, for uh, my second film, The Wedding Hustler, they gave us their store, shut it down for us because they wanted us to put their store in our movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, other products and sponsors will want that exposure for a future film because it's it's forever. You know, when you make a movie, how many people could actually be a part of that movie and imagine the exposure in the Asian market or in the Philippines or, you know, that they could quantify and from there um, compensate or provide you a, a, um, a, a spot uh, complimentary. You know, the, the, all these are either donations, in-kind donations or monetary donations. Um, and uh, as a filmmaker starting, uh, uh, you know, you need to be resourceful to get as many things you could get for free. Or if someone wants to give you $500 to $1,000 to $20,000, you know, there's different tiers on how you can set um, that type of sponsorship in your film is a good win-win. So um, th- th- there's a way to have an economic model that is a is a blend of um, monetary as well as in-kind, like services. Yeah, because a lot of people go for the traditional way to go to this big investor, so their movie never get made because in their minds, they only need, you know, how the structure traditionally have worked. Right. But... We see example and example again and again that they're still open to new models. And what you had done is one of those that indies would be very, very interested in. Maybe it will give energy a lot of those kids out there to go after, you know. And if I may add to that, like one of the biggest uh, casinos, um, Pachanga, Mm -hmm. um, for our second film, we partnered with them because I said, you know, the, this in this story, The Wedding Hustler, it's about a groom who learns how to put on a wedding to surprise his fiance, And um, he is finding a way and he loses on everything. But then, you know, he goes to the casino with his best friend and his best friend wins a lucky slot machine that gives him a little bit of money to be able to infuse in his wedding. So uh, when I mm-hmm. presented that to Pachanga, they loved it. And yeah. they were like, you can, you know, have, you know, I had to get approval from the gaming commission mm-hmm. to, you know, all these things. That value alone is like $250,000, exactly. they were telling me. And so, you know, we partnered with them and they've been such a great partner till this day. Oh, great. This is, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always the way. Where there is no way. Right. <laughs> Thank you. 
So distribution, I think that yeah. question, natural question will be distribution. What is your plan for the movies that you're doing? How are you going to get it out there? Yes, right now our current plan is uh, foreign distribution, working mm-hmm. with, um, because uh, there's so many people contacting the mega, you know, the Netflixes of the mm-hmm. world here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from sales agents, them negotiating. I just felt like the foreign market, especially with us dealing with the Philippines, when we finished Zeus, the largest distributor in the Philippines reached out to us, ABS-CBN. They contacted us. And I remember me and my wife celebrating, like, we're going to make it, you know, because we're like, how are we ever going to make this film work? And uh, when ABS-CBN reached out, that gave us hope. And mm-hmm. from there, all the other foreign territories. Stories, mm-hmm. you know, Singapore, yeah. Thailand, Vietnam, mm-hmm. you know, we started developing relationships mm-hmm. with. Um, so even at AFM this year, um, we're going to rekindle those relationships for these upcoming films yeah. that we have. So um, those licensing fees go anywhere when you do foreign distribution yeah. from 5000 to like 300,000. Yeah, and so exactly. um, with over 40 territories, I tell filmmakers, if you're going to make a movie um, and you need funding and financing, attach a notable name, go to the foreign territories and mm-hmm. start licensing your film. Even if you get 40 territories that give you 5,000 each, yeah. that's 200 grand and yeah. you can make the movie. Tell us how you developed that and how you got the contacts and those things. Absolutely. I went on the American Film Market website and then I saw, because every year they all meet yeah. these different film markets, even at, at Cannes. Or, or wherever there's a film market and um, there's no real big secret their companies are listed there and from there there's emails mm-hmm. and um, they're used to being pitched the traditional route where they have, there's a sales agent and the sales agent goes to them and tells them what they've got but if you could come up with a crafty subject line like you know Philippine world boxing champion Manny Pacquiao an upcoming film in their sub you know in the subject and then you talk about your film they'll look at it but if your subject line is more like you know a movie you should distribute they're gonna be like I've heard that a million times so what I do is I come up with a list of all those companies and then I email them me and my wife and my business partner Luis we contact and we reach out Mm -hmm. and we, we share the trailer we share what we're doing and we say would you like to license it just just point blank. And then some will reciprocate interest. Others will even refer you to others. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely they'll say, where's your sales agent? You know, they, they want a deal. And mm-hmm. if they see a good deal, they see dollar signs, they'll try to barter. Yeah. So when you set up deals, is there a percentage that you offer everyone or is it depending on the film or? It's depending on each country and territory. And so um, I like to keep it open-ended and have them propose me numbers first, and Mm -hmm. then we could go back and forth. But I show the value of what we built in the names that are attached. Mm -hmm. And the territory have value. It it depends on the population, how big the country. So that's how they break down the territories and they have a value attached to it. So this is a very safe way for you to project some of your, you know, distribution money. And you lock down a negative pickup, for example, and for those who maybe you can tell a little bit more about neg- negative pickup, but those are set up in models that can be worked on. And a lot of indies use it. Right. Mm-hmm. The negative pickup is such a great thing because they will pick it up, they take it over from here, and you don't have to worry about it, and they'd pay you that amount. We haven't gotten to that point, but working with these territories, licensing it to them for seven to ten years um, is, is what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about your next film. What, what are you going to be working on, and why you, what, what the film you're working on right yes, now? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The next one we're doing is uh, the, called The Master Chief. It's about um, the uh, Filipino mafia and the Navy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's a story. My father was in the Navy for 20 years and 
they would always joke to Filipinos on the ship, like, hey, it's the Filipino mafia. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because we were so organized as a uh, uh, community, you know, if you're a Filipino leaving the Philippines to join America and be, be a part of our Navy, the Filipinos that are there, they'll already give you the hand. They'll teach you already how to rise in rank. And I saw that as a beautiful, like, um, like Goodfellas meets the Godfather. And, um, you know, I want to boost recruitment in the military. I want to help you know, um, with this, cause my father, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I was born here in America because of my dad joined the Navy. So I wanted to make a, a beautiful story called the master chief about a, a sailor who experiences these, uh, hate crimes or bullying, but he bands together with his fellow Filipino brothers. And, um, they, uh, have an organized system of power to rise in rank in the Navy and become the master chief. So that's, mm. you know, what that yeah. story's about. To be organized and then to be thought of as evil is just amazing, isn't it? How people's minds go, right? Right, right. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's I, exactly. Yeah. If you're organized, you're part of the mafia. So it's a joke, actually. And yeah. so I want to spin that joke in a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a niche is where it's really working for you. Oh, yes, yes. You know, being uh, so dedicated to your country that you, you know, your ancestors are from. And um, it's, I think that's important too, to have a niche with your filmmaking, right? That's correct, because it's unique, you know, not everybody had the ability to do what you just did for yeah. your community. And I think that's a good way to go, very smart way to go. Um, so yeah, we just have to convince him to move up to the film hub here. And Vista uh, <laughs> is a playground for... Filmmaker, so absolutely, he'll sign me up because I heard <laughs> I see everything you're doing here, and, and thank you for what you're doing for filmmakers like myself because this studio, everything that you've built here, yeah, you know, it's it's overwhelming. I haven't seen anything out it in the San Diego area, the National City area. So I said, please build one out there. But <laughs> if this is the only one, we'll drive up here. Then we'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. uh, anything else you wanted to mention? Well, I just only hope uh, is that he continue. Uh, you know. Uh, Mr. Soriano continued to do his work uh-huh. with passion, with love, with faith in what you do and faith in God that protect you in everything that you do and protect your thoughts and Thank intentions. Yeah. And uh, because it's not an easy feel. feel. Yes. I, 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 sometimes people think, oh, I'm going to make a movie and everything. But it's it's more than just making the movie. The technicality is one thing. Right. The other, the, the, the deeper Thing is the soul of that film. What is the purpose? What is going to change? Who going to confront? Mm. And you see, that's what makes uh, makes it hard to make a movie in a way that you're going to touch somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's a deep. It's like like traveling deep within you and find wow. those things, you know. And I hope uh, you continue to do it. You have done it and you are doing it. Oh, and thank um, you. can't wait to see your film. Amen. <laughs> I appreciate that. That was the closest thing to a prayer live on this podcast. <laughs> like thank you. I appreciate that <laughs> blessing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Well, um, anything else you wanted to share with the audience here? Just very young grateful. filmmakers. I mean, obviously, a young filmmaker yourself is an inspiration for the others. Thank you. Um, anything you want to share with them? Um, you know, and just uh, surrounding yourself with great people like everyone here at the Film Hub. And, um, you know, yeah, I have, I have nothing else to say, but I'm just very grateful. Um, I guess if there's a parting words of advice for any filmmaker, I guess, as value is uh, uh, learn to be resourceful. You know, we did everything with what we had. Um, if I were to s- go back to the pandemic in the middle of it at stay at home lockdown orders and say, you know, 
let's not make a movie, then, you know, I wouldn't be here today. So I took a risk and um, I spoke to people that were in my vicinity and we made something work. So I encourage any other filmmaker to do the same. Um, and you'd be surprised what you could accomplish. Yeah, I think that's a great point. When everyone else is cowering in fear and dis- disillusioned about life, and especially in the last few years, yeah. he stood up and said, let's make a movie. And then I understand nobody even got COVID. Yeah, nobody, nobody. You know, in the midst of a pandemic, making a film, you know, gutsy thing to do, but no one was got sick. Yes. So Thank there's you. a great covering over <laughs> that believing. And so, yeah, good for you. Thanks for coming up. Uh, if you want to know more about Chris, you can go to his website, and that's at, um, well, let's see, Matthew2514.com. Uh, you can check him out on Instagram at Chris Soriano. That's S-O-R-I-A-N-O. For more information on the Film Hub, you can go to uh, Instagram at the Film Hub Inc. And to visit our website, thefilmhubinc.com. Till next time, see you at Industry Insights. The Film Hub. Inspire the creative. Ignite the world.